Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Bill Belichick. <laughs> He's insane. So why fire him? So why fire him? Oh, Bill Belichick. The fact that deflate gate is now a verb. I I love that. Uh, All of those. Oh, this is amazing. Yes. That's the way to start a show here with some insane breaking news. Welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show in the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Ian McMillan, senior editor of BetSighted, will invent new phrases to describe the ineptitude of the Atlanta Falcons, and he might offer some wildcard bets as well. And then at 1120 Eastern Time, Ryan Horvath of BetMGM tonight will have an in-depth look at Packers Cowboys. But first, we got to get to a seismic 24 hours in football. And we will start with the news that broke this morning. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are expected to part ways. The formal news conference will happen in just a few hours from now. But in 24 years, Belichick captured a record six Super Bowl championships and nine title game appearances. Also captured the most playoff wins with 31 and divisional titles with 17. And when it comes to all-time career wins, including playoffs, Belichick currently sits second with 333, just 14 behind Don Shula. Joe, what was your reaction to the breaking news this morning? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Muted, Joe. Yeah, no, the, today was actually shocking. Not what happened with Belichick. Like, we were just waiting on this. It was only a matter of time. You know, we didn't get the Black Monday. It just turned into a Black Wednesday, Black Thursday with all of these moves. And yeah, we're waiting, waiting. Okay, what's going to happen? And now we sit here on Thursday morning, and there are eight openings. Many of them also include the GM, which I, I think is the correct approach. But, hold, but a lot of organizations think you should hold, hold over the GM and then uh, make the change at head coach. Uh, just watching some of the coverage this morning, I, I think it's been really interesting. While we were waiting on this to happen and we don't know where he's going to go, I, I think we all believe that he's going to coach still. Carol, that's a different situation. But the Belichick one, he's going to coach somewhere. The record matters to him. He's a big NFL history buff. So where does he go to beat the record? And I think the one that people care about more is the playoff record. And you mentioned that he's 14 back there. I don't know that he's going to be able to get the regular season record. He's 26 behind Shula in the regular season record. But if you look at these openings, like Chargers, Seahawks, maybe Falcons, is where he would have to go to break these records. But <laughs> Carolina, dumpster fire. Washington, until proven otherwise, the same thing. Take a look at the Titans roster right now. There are only really a couple of options here, and he's going to be in competition with guys like Vrabel and Harbaugh. So I think he's going to be somewhere, but who knows? Like I'm looking this morning as after news breaks and different sports books have different ideas. Some are making him the, the favorite to go to the Chargers. Some are making Belichick the favorite to go to the Falcons. Some are making him the favorite not to be a coach next year, Aaron. Hmm, now that one would be interesting if he's not a coach. I would think long and hard about it because none of these options sound super attractive right now, especially mm-hmm. I'm with you on the Washington one. I mean, you got new ownership. They're doing a total rebuild, like new stadium, new practice facility. That thing's going to take a while. So I would pass on that one for sure. And it's just a tough decision. Like, uh, Tom Brady going to Tampa and winning that Super Bowl and then what Bill's done after – Maybe he should walk away, but I don't think he will. I really don't. Um, I would be surprised if he walked away. I would be too, uh, in large part because of the record that you guys have mentioned already. And the fact that like, when it comes to say defenses, he can still coach those units. I I don't think that Mm -hmm. that's necessarily taken some massive dip. 
The question has always been the quarterback situation. And with the Patriots right now, it's an absolute disaster, not just because Mac Jones exists or Bailey Zappi exists, but more so because, look, it's all about who you are drafting, if you are the guy who's making the call, and then also how is this offense being structured? And that has been a disaster, and you do have to blame that on Belichick. And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. when it comes to where his next stop is going to be. First off, he does need to have a next stop if he's going to because he's 71 years of age. He can't take a year or two off to just recalibrate and relax a little bit. You know, he doesn't necessarily have the time to do that. If he wants to coach, yeah. then he needs to be doing that right away. But when it comes to all of these openings, I, you know, as I was watching the coverage, uh, you know, from various places this morning, a couple of folks threw, uh, threw out the idea that because this is a mutual parting of ways, that Belichick would like to go to the NFC and stick in that conference just because it's less likely to impact what the Patriots are trying to do going forward. That, to me, is an interesting idea. I think the bigger idea, though, to me, is he may need to go to a group where the defense is a little lackluster, but offensively everything is largely under control. So does that mean the Chargers make the most sense, even though he'll have to fly cross-country, or is there another team that also fits that description, if it all makes sense? We're going to find out today at noon Eastern time because uh, the press conference is going to be Belichick and Kraft, which will be must-watch TV as soon as our show ends. Mutual parting of the ways. That's everywhere. That's what they're going to say. That's what most organizations are going to say. I don't believe that. Do you guys believe that? There's always somebody. It's always somebody's decision. Mm-hmm. I think out of respect for Bill Belichick and what he's accomplished in New England, that's the right thing to do. So it's not like a trade and he can go where mm-hmm. he wants. And but it's he's like getting fired. Things, but... but he's but he's getting fired today. Agreed. Right? I mean, that's what's Agreed. happening. Yeah, I, I, there's probably a, a different path or approach to it saying, okay, you know, if, if all the options are out there and one of them is not Belichick, you can coach the team next year, then okay, then that sort of fits that description. But I think it's a little bit different than, say, like what happened with Mike Vrabel and the Titans, where you're gone, you know, get, give the keys, the pass card. To me, it's a little bit different than that. Yeah, I, it's out of respect to Bill. It, I think I just have always viewed it when you see mutual parting of the ways – uh, especially in this situation, which we've been talking about since their trip overseas when Kraft was doing interviews that morning on NFL Network. Like, it became mm-hmm. evident then, and that's apparently when the decision was made. Um, also, just watching some of the coverage, like with Pelissero this morning on NFL Network, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, just some stuff, like, behind the scenes a little bit, how, you know, something a lot of people wouldn't notice or isn't talked about much how things have changed over the last couple of years, where Robert Kraft has taken back the power in his organization, which I find really interesting. And the reason that you keep hearing Gerard Mayo until Vrabel became available is because now, most recently, he was viewed as the coach-in-waiting. He was given an extension by Robert Kraft. That was a Kraft decision. That was not a Belichick decision. There are other situations where Belichick has had power over assistance, but the Mayo decision was on Kraft because before it was McDaniels waiting in the wings. That didn't happen. But now Vrabel's out there. See, I I think that's why the mutual parting of the ways happened because of Mm -hmm. the Mayo Mayo situation. And now we also have Vrabel so we can pick which guy we want to roll with. 
I guess in Bill Belichick's defense, though, like he he can't be happy there. Like I'd be mutually uh, agreeing to this too. I'd want a fresh start. I'd want to separate myself from the Patriots and prove that I still have it and I haven't lost my fastball despite the whole divorce with Tom Brady and how everyone's going to compare him to that. I'd want to go somewhere else and shine before I walk off into the sunset. Of course. And, and I think, you know, most everyone, if you're playing or coaching, that's what you want, right? Like you don't want to just deteriorate in front of everyone's eyeballs. You want to be able to show, hey, look, I'm going out on my own terms. And to an extent, the way this is being presented, yes, I completely agree there's a power struggle. Go back to Tom Brady moving on from New England. That was a power struggle of epic mm -hmm. proportions. And yet Belichick still survived all of that. But I think mm -hmm. even though you can have a ton of success in an organization, organization as a coach you can outlast your welcome and at some point I think that's sort of what happened here Belichick wanted to call literally every single shot and a lot of them just weren't panning out you you looked at you know what happened with this offense over the last few years it was a complete disaster an absolute yeah. disaster and that power struggle I do think had something to do with it and now here we are where we do have to have this news conference but in terms of you know what's going to happen with Belichick that's going to be intriguing because I do think he'll go somewhere else what the Patriots do going forward I don't know about you guys but I'm looking at this with a little bit of cynicism because you know to me the offense is what needs working the defense mm -hmm. seems to be okay yet it seems like these are only defensive guys being bandied about I'm not sure this is exactly addressing the problem. Yeah, I think we'll differ on that one. I, I, I don't care if the if you get a good head coach. I don't care if he's a defensive or offensive guy. Like, like I'll take Mike Tomlin any day, defensive-minded guy. I'll take Vrabel right now, defensive-minded guy. You can be a, a great head coach and be the CEO of an organization, but also be the defensive-minded guy. Now, with that said, Ed, I, I totally understand your point. Because if you are searching to fix the offense, you know, and let's say you hit a home run on an offensive coordinator, guess what? You're losing said offensive coordinator in another year. Like the Lions are probably going to be living this in a year. How does Dan Campbell replace Ben Johnson? Like that's, that's massive. Like, but if you have yeah. the head coach slash play caller like McVay, like Shanahan, and you hit a home run there, McDaniels, um, you do that, they're not going anywhere. Like you don't run that mm -hmm. risk. Also, Bill Belichick knows the rule book so well. Remember with the Ravens yeah. when he had that unbalanced line? Like, all of that stuff, like defense, offense, the guy still is a genius, and he, he can come up with some creative things. And I don't – I think it'll be cool to see him do it somewhere else, and, and people might not remember the last couple seasons as much in New England. Speaking of GOATs, the greatest college football coach of all time announced his retirement yesterday. Nick Saban has won more national championships than anyone in the poll era. Six at Alabama, one at LSU, finished three wins shy of 300 for his career, fifth most ever. Safe to say this is someone who is legit retiring and will not go somewhere else. Uh, coached 45 All-Americans and at least 49 players who went in the first round of the NFL draft. Could go up to approximately 52 after April, but... But how about this reaction to this colossal news, Joe? Whew. Yeah, you're right. So two of these three names that we're talking about will not be coaching anymore because, yeah, it's it's a wrap. Interesting, the timing. Um, 
Carol 72, Sabin 72, Belichick's turning 72 in April, uh, all, all around the same age for these uh, for these legends, and right before the expanded playoff with Saban. And this is the most shocking one, right? We talked about yeah. Belichick. Like, the, the Carroll one makes sense, and then just this one was not talked about a whole lot in any sense. Uh, so how do you replace Saban? All sorts of ideas out there. It, you mentioned Lanning. Boy, he's got a good thing going. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that, Dan? Like, he's got a lot of money, too. That's a destination. You want to go live in the SEC? I don't know that that I'd want to be doing that. Uh, Lane Kiffin popped up right away. A lot of the guys that have been connected uh, down there, the big-name guys. Sarkeesian, uh, same thing. And now he's come back and had some great success. But I don't know that he would uh, be making that sort of a move. Is Alabama on a level, like, by itself i don't know that that's the case anymore uh especially with the state of college football and how things have changed especially over the last couple of years yeah i think with the transfer portal i'd be looking to get out of alabama just not knowing and we're already seeing that happening also there's just a tough you know big shoes to fill why would you want that job if you're dan lanning i would stay where i'm at i mean that it's just going to be so hard going in there. Maybe it'll be good at Alabama for a year or two, but I could see it dropping off and then you're fired. You don't want to be the guy after the guy. You want to be the next guy, right? I suppose. Mm -hmm. But if Alabama came in and offered me a ton more money, given the resources Alabama has, the recruiting base there, et cetera, et cetera, like Alabama is a factory. I don't know if Oregon is quite the factory that Alabama is. And Oregon's a really good program. I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs here. But in terms mm-hmm. of you got the Nike what money, that though. program has done up to this point, yeah. you know, it's not just Saban. It's the entire infrastructure. That's why Saban stayed there so long and not gone to Texas or anything like that. So I still think Alabama is a destination, uh, even now after following the guy. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will continue to look at all of this breaking news in the NFL. And we will get to our preview of Super Wildcard Weekend with the Browns and the Texans leading things off. That's coming up on the BetQL Network. Not tired. I'm not worn down. Uh, you, you guys tried your best. You didn't wear me out. I'm, you know, it's the end of the season. I'm supposed to be, you know, go lay on a cot somewhere. I ain't feeling like that. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's what's coming. I don't know. I got no idea, and I really don't care right now. But uh, I do. Um, I'm excited about it because there's a lot to learn, there's a lot to study, uh, there's a, uh, there's some great discoveries that are going to come our way. And as my my all-time mentor Bud Grant said, not in so many words, uh, there's there's rivers to wade, uh, there's waves to catch, and there's mountains to hike. And uh, it wasn't exactly how Bud said it, but uh, I get it. And uh, that's some cool stuff that we're doing here. Um, and uh, I look forward to all that. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. I want to bottle some of that Pete Carroll energy and sell it. I will make a fortune. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. In our last segment, we talked about Bill Belichick leaving New England and Nick Saban calling it a career. And Pete Carroll is also uh, leaving the head coaching position with the Seattle Seahawks. And this one is also significant given the consistency that he had within that program. He reached two Super Bowls, won one in 14 seasons. Seven and 10 was his worst record in Seattle. So unlike Belichick, who needed Tom Brady, 
Brady and Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick. Carroll was able to make it work with Russell Wilson and Matt Hasselbeck and Geno Smith, et cetera. And to me, consistency should be his calling card, Joe. Poor Pete. Like, nobody really cares after Saban <laughs> and Belichick news this morning. Like, he put in 14 good years, strong years, great run with the Legion of Boom. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the Pete Carroll thing happened yesterday, too. Like, it, it was going to be one of the lead stories uh, of the day for sure. And um yeah i mean there were a lot of people that were wondering okay he's going back where he was before where it didn't work out you know it's just kind of middling success i would say overall uh with the patriots and very short just one year with the jets and like just leaving usc some hated him for because he was running away from a problem and chasing a paycheck and but, but he's so likable that people quickly ended up getting over that. And his players uh, certainly seemed to love him. And he had very good success. I, not when I was really thinking about. Maybe it's because there wasn't much chatter. Uh, maybe because the Seahawks are not going to draw, draw ears and eyeballs like the New England Patriots are going to over the course of a season. It makes sense, but not one that I was really considering. Because you, you hear him right there and you think, Pete Carroll... Oh, yeah, he is 72. Oh, he's human, too. He's not going to just go forever. Because he's one of those guys, He could, it seems like he could coach forever. He's got that sort of energy. But um, they decide to part ways. And, you know, when, when you stack up Seattle and where they stand right now on the list of openings, I think you've got to jump them to number two overall. All of a sudden, that's that's a pretty good landing spot. Yeah, and that's a really good organization, you know, having covered that team and been there when Pete Carroll jumped ship from USC, like being in that building in Seattle, like they do it right, much like the Ravens, whereas I've also covered the Commanders and they do everything wrong. So I would love to go to Seattle and look at that vacancy and be with an organization and an ownership who's not running things like a clown. Um, but as for Pete, like, maybe I'm just looking too much into this. It has a question mark mm -hmm. at the end, but the way he's like, I've got energy. I'm not done. You guys didn't wear me out. It's like, okay, like what's next? Maybe there is a question mark. Maybe that door isn't completely closed. Maybe if an offer comes his way, he would reconsider and he's not going to be an advisor. Ooh. I'm not a hundred percent sold that he's walking away from head coaching in the NFL. Huh? You know, it, it is interesting because, like, you look at the energy levels, the spunk, the, the spryness, if you will. It does feel like that Pete Carroll is way younger than Bill Belichick, right? Like, if Belichick yeah. is going to continue coaching, like, he better do it quickly because, you know, clock's a ticking here. Uh, but with Pete Carroll, it's like, oh, he could, you know, live in the mountains for two years, come back a new person, and then still be a head coach somewhere, even though he is the same age. And it's hard, I guess, mentally for us to imagine, uh, you know, that idea that, yes, Pete Carroll, you know, he only has so many years left on this planet to be able to uh, be an effective head coach. Uh, but it is interesting as far as, like, the direction of the Seahawks going forward, because, to me, I completely agree with you guys. Like the organization does things the right way. And it almost feels like that they can attract a wider pool that 
those coveted names are likelier to want to go to Seattle than say New England, where there's going to be a power struggle with Robert Kraft and, you know, this big unknown in terms of who the quarterback is going to be. Now you get some say as far as who that's going to be, and that's humongous. Uh, but at the same time, Seattle probably can maneuver themselves to where if they're going to move on from Geno Smith, for instance, then that's not going to be the hardest thing to do. And you also have a fantastic infrastructure with three phenomenal receivers to where that offense mm -hmm. can click immediately. Whereas with, say, the Patriots, that's going to take some time. That rebuild is not going to be instantaneous. Now, it's also not fun going against Shanahan twice a year, going against McVay twice a year. Like that's not an easy task to make the playoffs out of that division, but I think you're right. I is it, I couldn't help but chuckle when you hear Pete say, "You guys aren't going to break me down." You tried something to that effect. You, you're not going to break me down. I mean, Aaron could speak to this more than I could. I don't know. I I view the Seattle media as is that one of the tougher ones in the soft NFL. Is soft is that can be. I'm like, <laughs> when were you getting hard hitting questions? Yeah, dude. yeah plus they're right, good. Yeah. Like when when was he ever under a ton of scrutiny except Never. that opening press conference when he was introduced as the head coach for the Seahawks and everyone's asking him what happened at USC and they hated him, but I'm with you, Joe. Like people quickly forgot and winning helps, but he is such a likable, lovable guy. Um, but I, that, that hundred percent softest market I've ever worked. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Okay. Okay. I'm not wrong. I, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm sure there are, there's a lot of fans in the media too, which, you know, you're not kissing ass. Yeah. 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 Like see, there's uh, no hard hitting questions. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Yeah, they, right. they want to have the to open lines honest, of communication. Seahawks PR is tough. They're one of those yeah. PR departments. If you do come in guns a blazing, they will find a way to not let you in the building. They're tough. Ridiculous. Like they don't wow. like that around there. That's yeah. what it's interesting. So they want to control the message. They want to control everything. That's why you see more and more team team based content. And they have out the power. Team websites. Ex exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't do if you can't do your job. Guess what? You're going to be fired from your job. And they're, they know that. 100%. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's like out. a couple of personal, a couple of examples that we know in terms of uh, people who were shut out and, you know, had to move on just yeah. because, you know, they were playing with fire a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the defense was awful this year, but they have a good young core. They've been bringing in some good young players and, you know, and they could stay healthy. And like, Gino. Yeah, he had the breakout season. They gave him the contract, but it kind of feels like he's holding things over for the next guy, right? Um, you have mm -hmm. some talent on the out outside. They've been working on the offensive line. Like that's that's a good base to work with. Like you walk in, and even though you might not have the long term answer at quarterback, you're you're in the middle of the NFC, and that's not bad. Because because you look at some of these bottom feeders, there are reasons these other teams are looking for coaches. Carolina. Washington, Tennessee, they're much closer to the bottom. But with Seattle, you're starting at the middle. Okay, I still think I might be looking too far into this. But the fact that Pete Carroll said he's so fired up, he's got all this energy. Didn't it seem like he's selling himself? Like almost the, like the front office was trying to part ways with him. But, oh, we'll just cover it up by offering you an advisor position. I don't know. I'm just thinking that maybe they wanted to go younger and go in a different direction, and this was the respectful way to do it. Offensive-minded sure. guy, right? 
If you're mm-hmm. trying to keep up with Shanahan and McVay in that division, that's what you're trying to do. And going the opposite way probably isn't going to work. So they probably wanted to make this move in another situation. Mutual parting of the ways. That's but with everything you've think. done yeah. for us, everything mm-hmm. you've done for mm-hmm. us, let, let's say face here. Let's, you know, have the photo op and all that. But, hey, you know, if you get that Josh Harris money, something like that, you get a scenario like that. Like, we know Vrabel's not going to go to a place That's like that. We know Beltec's not going point. there. Yeah, like Pete there's, there's a lot of opportunities. makes a lot of sense. I could see that. Huh. See, I don't, I don't understand. I just don't understand in this hiring cycle, Harbaugh, Vrabel, Belichick, maybe Carroll. I don't understand if you're in the middle, not sure where you are as an organization. Like, I don't know where I am in Chicago. I don't understand coming out and saying, we're good. We're sticking with our guy. Like these, these are names that are going to get new jobs that are going to be upgrades at, at the majority of spots in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And with so many vacancies and so few elite coaches available, uh, these guys who are, are you know, kind of being pushed out it seems i think you know i I wouldn't be shocked if Pete carroll's a head coach next season somewhere in the end that's interesting yeah that's interesting i wonder too like in terms of longevity like how long pete carroll can continue to do this how long can bill belichick continue to do this because if you are going to hire either of these guys how long are you going to have them for like three years best case scenario Mm -hmm. four years best case scenario and is that okay for your program but I think that's why Washington makes so much sense because they're not going to be able to turn this thing around. It's going to take a while and they're building a new stadium, a new practice facility. They got to get a quarterback. Why not plug in someone like Pete Carroll who can bring in some stability, veteran experience, yeah. you know, you know, he's going to get the job done. They have a lot of great defensive pieces. They all, they let some go, but he's got some pieces to work with. And I don't think anyone's expecting the commanders to win a championship. Now, why Pete Pete may want that job just because he doesn't want to walk away. Some people can't, you know, and he's he's selling himself. I'm so fired up. You're so fired up. Like something's off there. You know what I mean? I felt like he's selling himself that he's not done. Sometimes you need band-aids as a head coach. Like you need professionalism in the room where, you know, just everything's in crazy the there's uproar from the players they hate it there like you need to like Aaron mentioned bring in some stability so right long term not the answer (laughs) but the majority of these coaches look around guys look around I mean was McDermott at the longest tenure now and Tom aside from Tomlin yeah Yeah, and and one of these younger coaches I think would would be so stupid to go to Washington they don't want to, yeah. you know, if they're trying to make a name for themselves, that is not where you want to go right now. Maybe in five, well, six years, but not now. Yeah, like it's a rebuilding process. Like you're probably better off if you're Washington going younger, whereas with, say, the Chargers, uh, you yeah. you know, just about everything is there, you would think. It's just like that's why, you know, Belichick, if I'm looking at one book in terms of like odds for Belichick's next destination, the Chargers mm-hmm. are the favorites, at least in one spot I see just because it's the defense that needs a ton of work and retooling and Belichick is a defensive minded coach. And you consider like what that window is for LA. It's about two to three years, right? 
And that's about how long you're going to have Belichick. So at least that marriage makes sense. But with some of these other organizations, like you probably need someone who can be there a good bit longer. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at another one. I mentioned uh, not the coach of an NFL team. I see listed as a favorite at plus 175. But then hmm. neck and neck as a second favorite, there's Atlanta plus 240, LA Chargers plus 250, bit of a gap down to Washington at plus 400. You're Belichick. Would you rather go to the Chargers with Herbert, but I get I got to live with Mahomes and Reed, right? Or do I go to Atlanta? I don't have the quarterback situation figured out. The defense improved this year, so I've got some stuff to work with. I've I've got what should be a strong run game, so I can kind of play my style. I can run the ball. Mm-hmm. I can play defense, and I'm in a crap division. Which which spot would yeah, you rather go? Yeah, Atlanta. To? 100% Atlanta, go to a different conference, crappy division, you've got the defensive pieces. It's not perfect, but I think it makes you look better a lot quicker. It's an easier challenge for him. See, like, but this might go back to the power struggle, though, because you cannot keep Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, anything like that. And you right. have to be the guy, I mean, Belichick has to be the one to make that quarterback decision. And if for any reason, Arthur Blank's like, well, let's consult or do it, then it's over. Once again, the power struggle lives to fight another day in a different situation. That cannot happen. And so the spidey senses in me are saying, I can see why Atlanta would be a terrible landing spot for him unless Arthur Blank is willing to acquiesce literally everything so that Belichick could figure out the quarterback situation and then proceed to do whatever he wants to do. I would pick Atlanta if he didn't just go through this with Zappi and Jones. Like he yeah. understands how the others live right now and he didn't like it. <laughs> and I wouldn't like it. Either. <laughs> um, Harbaugh plus one fifty favorite for the chargers. Second favorite, not to coach a team at plus two fifty. Then a sizable gap down to Washington at plus six hundred. You're Harbaugh, Chargers or Michigan? That's basically how it's lined right now. What a tease! <laughs> I, I have a thought to this, and I okay. think I'm going to share it after the break because I can't squeeze it all in. But I, I will answer this question for you. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We will continue to discuss the breaking news with Bill Belichick uh, leaving, Nick Saban retiring, all this fun stuff. That's all coming up right here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And, of course, with all of this news pertaining to legendary coaches, either calling it a career or moving on in some capacity, what would Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll coaching carousel is still a humming right now and when it comes to say betting possibilities and where guys might land things like that joe you uh posed the question in the last segment about what jim harbaugh the michigan head coach who just won a national championship earlier this week which seems like months ago given everything that's gone on lately uh but still though Will Jim Harbaugh stay at Michigan? Will he move on to the L.A. Chargers? That's the question that you posed. And we had mm-hmm. uh, Frank Schwab on earlier in the week. And it was funny because when I watched the clip, you know, once again and, you know, review the show and all that stuff, I think all of us, like, moved our head up or had this sort of, you know, moment of shock in terms of this notion that Harbaugh would stay at Michigan. And the more I talk to, say, a friend of mine who deals in contracts and economics and things like that, the more I realized, think 
this might be correct. I think yeah. there is a big path for Harbaugh, Harbaugh to stay at Michigan, in large part because it's this weird thing involving contracts and incentives and structures and things like that, where it's a lot easier for Michigan to come up with, okay, you win the national championship, you win the Big Ten, you do all of these various things, you get these bonuses. That structure, though more complicated, is a lot easier for Michigan to execute than, say, an NFL team where the owners are perhaps a little bit more conservative with how they put things together. And they are probably a little more cutthroat when it comes to if things don't go well, what they're going to do about it. So I think in terms of a soft landing pad, being in a safe place, the fact that Harbaugh's 60 years old for what it's worth, I am yeah. more and more convinced that he's going to stay in Ann Arbor. Yeah, after thinking about it over the last couple of days, and then you also don't see a lot of win the – okay, we finally slay that dragon. We win the national championship. Now I'm going. Oh, I, I did everything here. Now I'm going to the NFL back to where, where I was before, and I had some high-level success. Like, now he's the man. He's he's Bo Schembechler, right? Like that's how he's going to be viewed when it's all said and done. And if we're looking at realistic landing spots, like the the ones where the the odds will tell us, okay, it's going to be the Chargers or maybe the Raiders, and there's a good chance it ends up being the Raiders. None of the nothing else is appealing. Not of the ones that have openings. Like there there is no reason to leave Michigan and go to Washington, Tennessee. You want to follow Belichick? I don't see that happening. He's not going to Atlanta from Michigan. Um, we saw the ratings the other day. Like me, how many jobs are bigger? And that's his spot. I don't. Yeah, the more and more I think about it, and over the last couple of days, with all the news in the last 24 hours, nobody's talking about Harbaugh right now. He's kind of like a throw-in. Like, oh, my God, look at this hiring cycle. Oh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, too. Add him to it. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to stay. Is it? Aaron, is, are, are you moving up in the world if you're going from Michigan after winning a title and everything he's built there and going to the Raiders or the Chargers? So if I'm Jim Harbaugh and I'm seeing him as a, like a minus 160 favorite to be the Chargers' next head coach, I'm entertaining the offer like Chargers are nothing for me. And I think it would be a personal decision because he could be a big fish in a small pond, as you're alluding to, by staying at Michigan, which I think is very attractive. But if he has something personal that he feels like he needs to prove, I want to do this at the NFL level. If that's something he feels like he needs to do, then I think only he can answer that. But I think it's Chargers or nothing or just stay at Michigan. I wouldn't just be looking at all these other vacancies. I think the reports that I'm seeing involve the latest contract for Harbaugh being, say, like a 10-year deal for $125 million. Like, if you're doing 12 and a half per, okay, yeah. an NFL team could surpass yeah. that for sure. But if you're Harbaugh, use that as a bargaining chip to say 10-year, 125, give me more. Give me more. And you know, Michigan, certainly there's enough money in those pockets to be able to make that work. And the Big Ten, as lucrative as this conference is right now with the new media deal and Michigan being the top dog in that conference, there's something attractive with that as well. And if you have figured out the Ohio State problem and you're not concerned about Penn State or literally anybody else, 
this is going to be lather, rinse, repeat, where the only question is going to be how far you get in the college football playoff once you are inevitably there. That is way more attractive than going to an NFL team where, say, the quarterback situation is unknown or one bad injury and you end up with a losing season, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe you're dealing with an owner who doesn't like you after a couple of years. Whatever the case may be, way more uncertainty jumping ship compared with Michigan where everything is beyond cushy. And the new challenge, and guys like Harbaugh are always looking for a new challenge, right? And that was the thinking of Uh why he would move – Uh, back to the NFL after winning the championship. But the new challenge is, here comes USC, UCLA. Mm -hmm. Oh, the team that played the national championship that you went up against on Monday, they're they're coming to our conference too. Like that's the new challenge. Now you're in a super conference. Can you now beat the super conference? It's not just about Ohio State. It's not just about winning the conference. It's not just about winning uh, a playoff game to get to the title game. You've done all that. Okay, now you're in the super conference. Can you win the super conference? Like, I, I think he could – and him just staying there forever, just being the Michigan guy forever, I think he's okay with that. So may, maybe he's not part of this crazy hiring cycle that we're about to see. Yeah, and ever since Frank Schwab brought it up, I've been thinking about it too, and then the Nick Saban retirement makes me think even more. Like, he just – he looked like he was having so much fun, Jim did, even despite yeah. the suspensions and the controversy. He didn't care. He loved that team. He loved his players. I I wouldn't be surprised if he stays now. Yep, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we're all on the same page as far as that's concerned. I- as far as other betting angles and other odds uh, that may be out there in the ether when it comes to next head coach, Bill Belichick's next spot, things like that. Uh, what stands out to you as far as uh, something that looks bettable or intriguing or something where maybe the favorite, second favorite uh, makes literally no sense whatsoever, Joe? Well, as we talk through this, I think the the one that really stands out, like, a lot of these spots, it feels like anything could happen. Like Carolina, you're not going to get probably the top five choices. And then and you're dealing with a crazy man. So anything can happen. Um, the Raiders, I don't know. I do think Pierce has a decent chance. And are they going to look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, we made a mistake before. Let's stick with the guy that had some success. Let's stick with the guy that's playing hard for uh, for our dude. But, you know, as we talk about one of the new openings that have popped up in the last 24 hours in Seattle, and the more I think about it, about them chasing these offensive-minded coaches, and I think that's the route they're going to go, and – um, you know, like with Shanahan and McVay, it just seems like, okay, what's the number one offensive mind? I know everybody's linking Dan Quinn, his history with Carroll. Okay, fine. I think they want to get get away from that. I think they want to separate themselves and go in a different direction. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but what's the number one offensive mind? It's Ben Johnson. Like that's ben the guy Johnson. everybody's talking about. You bring him there, mm-hmm. and right now I see him as a sixth favorite at nine to one. So – I mean, that, that's that's one that uh, I think makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, because the other one, I think his stock might be down, and that's Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> I mean, nobody's oh, really it talking is. about him anymore. Oh, yeah. And he was the hot commodity. <clears throat> now, it seems like people don't want to touch him. It's just all Ben Johnson. Is Munkin going anywhere? You know is he getting a job? Oh, that that's a good question. That could be in play. Yeah. 
You're gonna have to wait. I, I don't know his organiza organizational skills enough to to be like, okay, yes, he's. But he I mean he's been around for a little bit, you know, and mm -hmm. you know at the collegiate level and now with the Ravens. So, I that's a good question. Like, I wonder if like he needs one more cycle, uh, before he can be taken a little bit more seriously instead of just being like you know a one hit wonder, uh, which might be the, the you know the rap sheet on him at this point. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. But what's fascinating to me about Ben Johnson is. Like the Lions, in terms of like offensive efficiency and things like that, it actually took a little bit of a dip this year compared with last year. I think the reason why Ben Johnson was getting ballyhooed at the start of this year was because last season was just so uber efficient in this year, even though the, the record was really good, they won the division, all that good stuff, that offense did take a slight dip downward. But we're talking about Ben Johnson so much and why he will be a head coach in this league and will command a lot of money is because the Lions played really well. He's been doing this for a couple of years now, so this isn't you know something random. And I think most importantly, there are just a lot of jobs out there. A lot of teams are clamoring mm -hmm. for his services. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the week, maybe another team is looking at this landscape and going, you know what? We actually have something a little bit better we can offer a Ben Johnson or someone like that. Maybe we need to throw our hat in the ring as well and move on from whatever twerp we have currently. It's very interesting how a lot of these head it's, coach candidates is... are defensive minded. And we haven't seen anything and like, like everyone's this. looking everyone's looking for the next McVeigh or LaFleur, um, McDaniel, and it's a lot of defensive guys no. out there right now. You know, I I wonder. I wonder about that because mm -hmm. I think we got used to thinking that and there you're right. There are there are people that over the years have been looking for that. I wonder how much this year changes things because like we cover it from a betting perspective and what was the story the entire first half of the season? Oh my God. Totals. Oh, these unders. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. And you know, even this weekend when I look at some of these totals and some of these matchups that we're seeing, I'm like, wow, I know weather is involved here, but these are so short compared to what we got used to and how you had to win in the NFL. You needed to be a top eight offense. You needed to have an offensive minded coach. I wonder if teams still feel that way because you can win with defenses. Now that's entering our conversation. Like, hey, Belichick, you know, maybe he didn't have it offensively, but defensively, well, look at this team. Look at the Browns. They're, they're in a spot, and maybe they can make a deep run because of their strong defense. So I, I'm really curious about that, Aaron. I, I, I think there are going to be some organizations that aren't going to be all gung-ho on offensive-minded coaches and thinking, you know what, I just want the best overall head coach because we're not where we were a couple of years ago where you needed to win a shootout. Like, that's not how you win mm -hmm. in 2023. Mm -hmm. Innovation will be the deciding factor, I think. Are you being forward-thinking as far as what the league's going to look like? That's also going to be a really important part, I think. This is Becky yeah. Well Daily presented by Ben Jam. Coming up next, Ian McMillan will tell us who the biggest frauds are in these playoffs. That's coming up on the Becky Well Network.